0: Mental, relating to disorders of the mind. Hey everyone, this week we interviewed our friend Robert Gere about dealing with mental illness as a Christian. We also talked about the difference between healthy and unhealthy coping methods and how mental illness isn't just a faith-based issue. But before we dive in, I wanted to tell you guys that you are not alone. This month we have been hitting some hard topics about fear, anxiety, and depression. Every single one of us has dealt with these issues on some level, And Cody and I are here to tell you that you do not have to face these issues alone. We believe that there is power in prayer, but we also believe there is power in community. If you are struggling, please reach out. There is no judgment here. Before we get started with the episode, I just want to leave you with these three things. You are not alone, but you are loved and you are valued. Without further ado, let's get on with our interview with Robert.
1: This is The Reckless Pursuit, a podcast crafted and created to dive deep into what it looks like to be a follower of Christ in a modern-day world. We span topics across the board to seek out truth and to gain a deeper understanding of one another, to find common ground and answers to life's hardest questions.
0: We all have a story and a struggle, a calling and a conviction. Together, let's take a hard look at ourselves and effort to view what others see so we can be the best reflection of Christ possible. I'm Cody and I'm Elaine.
1: Now, let's get reckless. Hey everyone, welcome to The Reckless Pursuit. This is episode 20, and today we are sitting here with a newer friend of mine and I guess Elaine, you've known him a little longer than I have. A bit. <laughs> um Robert Gear. And, uh, so Robert, how did we even get to talking? Like what I think, oh, you had reached out to us about when we were first starting the podcast because you were into podcasting and listening to podcasts yeah. and you had offered some, some help toward us, I guess for that. And then we randomly saw you at a show Yep. and I was talking to you as a complete stranger. I had no idea who you were. And he's like, Hey, that's that guy I was telling you about. Yeah, <laughs> and so like, Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Geeking out
2: over the classic crime. Yeah. So.
1: Fantastic. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so you and I just kind of started talking a bit more, and uh, I don't think you knew this at the time, but Elaine had, like, I guess, like a a personal care toward you because you helped her off the ground when she busted her butt on the ice right when we first started dating.
2: Yeah, and I I didn't even know that was her. I just, I do vividly remember that happening, though, and it was... It was very sad. Yeah, <laughs> that
0: fall was brutal.
1: Yeah, she had a pretty
2: gnarly bruise. <laughs> she was like, like
0: my... I'm going to get you a chair, and then I'm going to go eat. And I was like,
2: okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that because I was so hungry. But the thing is, like, it was a snow day at school. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to get out of bed. So I like slept in, but I wanted food, and I didn't want to pay for it. So I got you the chair. I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> that
1: <laughs> so, was awful. Uh, Robert, tell us a little about yourself before we dive off into this topic.
2: Uh, like in, in general? Or yeah, just in, in general,
1: what you do. um, You recent, like, just kind of some life events going yeah. on, stuff like that.
2: All right, sure. Well, uh, for one, I'm getting married next Saturday, which is exciting. Thank you. It's exciting. Um, been with this girl for five years and change now. Wow. Um, I work at Whole Foods Market full-time, which is super exciting because retail is awesome. <laughs> um, I just recently earned a bachelor's degree in social work. Uh, I hope to earn my master's in social work soon to uh, start doing therapy full-time, which Super would be cool. fantastic. Um, besides that, i just been leading worship at a church down in Whitehall for their youth group, and that's pretty much life right now. I'm moving to New Orleans soon. Wow. So that's exciting. What,
1: what's in New Orleans? Like, why, why there?
2: We're, uh, we're going to graduate school down there. We're going to a seminary called uh, New Orleans Baptist Theological. Okay, very so, cool. Yeah. Sydney plans to be a children's minister. So.
1: Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and so... Today we're talking about, I guess, the last few episodes we've mm-hmm. kind of been talking about um, anxiety and fear and and kind of just mental illness in general, I guess, yeah. is kind of what we're going to touch on today, and uh, specifically how the church has handled it. And the reason we brought Robert on today is because, for one, if you ever had take a second to check out any of his social media, he's very passionate about this subject. And uh, so, Robert, tell us a little bit about why you're passionate about mental illness and the way church has handled it.
2: All right, sure. Um, So personally, I've struggled with depression through my life, which has been extremely frustrating and upsetting and hard to explain to people because people that either don't deal with it or come from church culture. um, Well, just to say this, like growing up, being in church, a lot of times you'd hear a pastor up on stage and you'd be like, you know, you got all these people struggling with depression and anxiety and all these mental issues, or so they say. It's not really a physical issue; they just need to pray more, right? <laughs> and I'm just like, no. It's like you have all these people struggling with these issues, and they're not even being addressed because it's it's basically considered a fallacy, or that they're just they don't have enough faith, yeah, that, that like. Because yes, God can heal and He can take things away, but God also made really smart people that figured out the brain, yeah, at least to the degree that we have today, and can help you understand and cope with things. Um, but like I was telling you a little bit earlier, my my family has a weird history with mental health because uh, back way before I was born, my uncle, my mom's brother, killed himself when he was sixteen, and he had been seeing some variation of a Christian counselor of something that had said he had depression but they said that he was okay for whatever reason because he had made several suicide attempts and they were trying to monitor that but eventually he did succeed and my grandparents and my mom after the funeral and after everything was over I like I asked them a year and a half ago when I had to write a paper about a generational tragedy in your family I was writing about this situation and I was like, so how did you guys cope with this? Like, how did you guys go and talk to anyone? Did you guys ever work through this or process it? And her answer was, unfortunately, no. Like, they didn't deal with it at all. They just, uh, they didn't ever talk about it at all. They just tried to let it go. Like, they knew that it happened, but they weren't going to, like, work through it as a family. That's crazy. It's interesting because, in a way, uh,
1: mental illness took your uncle's life, Um. But it also kind of caused a mental discrepancy in your family, you know, because I know with my mother, when her mom passed, that's what brought on a lot of her addiction and a lot of her struggle in life with alcohol. And it was a coping mechanism to not think, you know, and so like people say, oh, well, she's an alcoholic. Well, no, it goes a lot deeper than that. It actually goes down to she has a hurt from losing someone from a loss and Mm -hmm. it's a mental illness that that. Kind of took in because there was never closure. Yeah, and uh, how did that affect your family in the long term?
2: Well, I would say in the long term, like obviously there was there was issues that uh, we just wouldn't talk about. Like when I was growing up, I, like the oddest thing is I, I look when I was growing up because he killed himself when he was sixteen, and when like from fourteen to eighteen, let's say I looked exactly like mm-hmm. this guy did. It was insane because. We were so separated. I obviously never met the dude. But there was this picture in my grandparents' house. And I didn't realize how similar we looked until uh, Sydney. Uh, my fiance was walking through the house one day and she saw this picture. She was like, why is there like an old picture of you on this wall with this <laughs> dog that looks like my current dog, Jake? Oh, wow. uh, and she was like, when was that taken? Because that doesn't look like any clothes I've ever seen mm-hmm. you in. And I was oh, like, wow. no, that's, that's my uncle. She was like. That's insane. Yeah. Um, so there were there was weird expectations put on me. There was things like uh, if I ever got upset or if I was feeling down because I didn't know how to process through my emotions or anything, my family would freak out and they'd be like, "Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay?" And like if I did anything but smile and laugh and be super stoked, they would be so concerned that I would hurt myself. I'm just like, no, like I'm I'm not super excited right now, but. I'm not wanting to kill myself. I was like, I just right. want to like process through some emotions. And, uh, that's led to some really strange things because like I have had suicidal thoughts. Like most anyone has, mm-hmm. like I've never gone through with anything or planned everything out completely. But, uh, I mean, I've been driving down the road and I was like, man, it's like, I could just drive into these the trees. Hell? I could drive into these trees and everything would be over. So one Christmas, we were sitting down, and after we went through our whole routine of uh, reading the Bible story, because we do that before uh, we open presents every year. How beautiful. I know. It's so sweet. And uh, my grandma was sitting on the couch, and she just starts sobbing. I have no idea what's going on. And we were just like, Grandma, like, what, what's going on? Like, What's the matter? And she's like, every Christmas, this time always comes around, because we've always been in this church, and we're dedicated, and our family is super involved and we work hard. Like people come up to me and they're like, Man, you're such an inspiration. Like I just I just want to be like you and I want my family to progress and be like yours. And she's like, I just don't understand it. And she would just sob and really what what do you mean? Like what do you not understand? She's like, if I'm so great, if my family is such an example, why did my son kill himself?
0: Mm -hmm. Hmm.
2: And like it's one of those moments, like one of those true real moments where you're just like, I have no idea. What to say. And I'm sitting there like Neela next to her, talking to her, and she grabs my hands. She looks me in the eye. She said, You know, looking at you, it's almost like God gave us back what we lost. Mm-hmm. And in one way, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. But in another way, I've lived in this man's shadow that I've never known in my entire life. And I've been compared to and held to the mm-hmm. standard of all these other things. And like, that, that's, that's sort of the way it's this issue has plugged my family. It's like um, there's this theory um, that basically explains how you progress through your life. And if you get stuck in a certain stage, like if there's a major tragedy like a death or you have some sort of major injury or illness, like you can get stalled out mm-hmm. in a stage. And before you progress through that stage, you can't continue on to that stage. And I think there's a lot of truth to that, to the fact that, like, my family kind of stalled out Mm -hmm. when my uncle killed himself. And there's – and without proper processing and therapy, which I've urged them to, but, you know, church culture, (laughs) there's a big stigma with that. Um, They can't progress on and sort of, like, move past that. I mean, and they're functional people. They work. Uh, But that's definitely something, like, that we don't really talk about.
1: Yeah. And your grandmother's been carrying this around for how long? When that happened? Oh
2: God, it's been it's been I think thirty years. Wow, somewhere for thirty years she's
1: had this catch in her in her mind, where she has had to war, basically, with the idea of people look up to her, yet she feels like a failure because of uh, what your uh, your uncle faced. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's wild. For thirty years, carrying around that weight.
2: Yeah, and like they they. Of course they didn't understand mental health to the degree, degree well no one did to the degree that we do nowadays but uh they ought, really didn't understand it coming from Christian culture and obviously like I was talking about you know if you if you struggle with this you're not praying hard enough or like does mental illness actually actually exist um I think right now they do believe that mental illness exists I know my mom does at least um but they they didn't know how to properly help him they did their best like i can say that up and down
1: so mental illness like just go and there's a lot of different mental illnesses out there i had um a friend i'm not naming names here who literally posted a picture and uh and she was talking about how she was recently diagnosed with schizophrenia okay um i have another friend um who was recently put on anxiety medication Uh, like and these are both in the last week yeah. You know, and so it's wild. Like, we're talking about this, and people are like giving feedback mm-hmm. all of a because, like, hey, I'm literally going through this. Yeah. And I've had some crazy feedback from people I had no idea were struggling with this, yeah. just like they probably had no idea I've I'd struggled with panic attacks and anxiety, you know. And, uh, because it's such a, especially within church, it's there's a stigma of you can't talk <laughs> about this because you feel like, um, you're questioning God's authority almost over this, you know, like whenever you. You admit, like I struggle with this um, thing. It almost feels as if you are—I don't know—like your faith sucks. Yeah. You know, like it feels like there's a stigma that you are a failure and you're giving in to the devil. And so, like the church uses some things, and like for instance, like generational curses. Mm. Uh, you know, things like, like there's yeah. truth to those things. Like it's yeah. not—it's not a lie. But I think we use these phrases that we don't even understand what Jesus was saying in the first place. Like, what is a generational curse? Like, to you, what would be a generational curse?
2: Oh, man. Uh, I think a generational curse or like a more uh relative application of that it was like take take alcoholism for a thing right because i know that's that's relative um you can look at statistics and like easily uh, flesh out that like if you're a child of someone with alcohol abuse you have i think last time i looked it was about an 18 higher chance than the general population to deal with substance abuse in mm-hmm. your future and like that goes with anything because you but that also goes into like person and environment issues Right. about uh, like what you are uh, displayed through uh, growing up, like whether you see alcohol used regularly, if you see people gamble, smoking, like whatever it is, uh, you have a higher tendency of taking that on, whether it be in a re- abuse relationship to the substance or thing or just a regular use. That's just something you have to take into consideration.
1: Well, see, and I think that's an interesting point, too, because I think Jesus has a greater understanding than the normal person, you know, and, and you're looking at things put into Bible perspective of generational curse. You're looking at a time and an age where curses and blessings were more common because it was a more, and I'm not talking necessarily just like Christianity, but um all the way down to like paganistic, everything, everything was more superstitious. Yeah, You know, we are a science-based, you know, we want logic and reason, even though, you know, our logic is flawed, our reason is, is shorthanded. But we want more factual-based things. We want to understand. But back then, things were more based on circumstance. So if you mowed the lawn or you went out and harvested the crop mm. on a rainy day and all the crops died, then the superstition is going to be putting, we'll never do it on a rainy Tuesday. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it was more superstitious-based. And so I think Jesus saying, like, generational—or the Bible speaking of generational curses— um, Nowadays I think we would interpret that more of your environment where you were raised or even genetics. Yeah. Because I mean, technically, cancer is a generational curse. It's a genetic discrepancy passed down from your parents. Uh, same diabetes. my diabetes.
0: Struggles with that. Um, ever like my great grandparents, my aunt and uncles, like that is something that has been passed down.
2: Dun dun dun. Yes. <laughs>
1: uh and, and the same goes with mental illness, you know. Um, my mother struggled with mental illness. Uh, My father, whether he would admit it or not, struggles with anxiety, too. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know he copes with it (laughs) if he listens to this. I'm sorry, Dad. I do love you, but I'm calling you out here, too.
0: And I think a lot of people struggle with it, but they don't even realize that they struggle with anxiety or fear or depression. And they don't really know how to reach out because they don't know what they're dealing with. Well,
1: yeah, because a lot of times, like, his reaction to me is like, well, you know, that doesn't help anything. And I'm like, I know. But, like, whenever he calls me freaking out about something, I'm like, well, that doesn't help anything. He's like, well, you saying that doesn't help anything either. Like, yep. he understands that, but it's just kind of like this whitewash we give to mental illness. Yeah, well,
2: I mean, it's like people people don't know how to address it, and it's mm-hmm. super frustrating on both ends because, like, in the ideal scenario, you're dealing with something that someone that does care and does want to help, Yeah. but they obviously are not equipped with the correct tools in order to, like, support you and give you right. the help that you need.
1: Well, and knowing's half the battle, and most people, especially within Christian communities— don't even truly know what they're dealing with mm-hmm. because we're told, oh, this is a spiritual attack. Yeah. Um, okay, that's fine. Like, I understand that we're called to live above sickness. It's like the scripture I, I read, you know. Um, get off my page. Clearing out notifications because my background on my phone. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and, love of, a san- us, of, power and of love and of a sound mind. And that's Second Timothy 1.7. I mean, like, yes... It's a biblical promise, and so we feel guilty for not receiving that. But at the same time, I don't necessarily think that's meant to bash someone on the head with, you know. It's, yeah. it's not a—because you struggle with something doesn't mean you're not living according to God's will, yeah. you know what I mean? If you want to look at it that way, Jesus said, you know, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, cast out demons. Well, how many of us are walking around healing the sick? Like, how many of us have that kind of faith? Yeah. It's something to strive for. I do believe God can take mental illness from you. I know someone who had um, a, a strong addiction to alcoholism, uh, and he's you know a good friend of mine, and he's kind of a mentor to me. And he honestly, earnestly wanted to let go of it, and he decided in his mind he was letting God take that from him, laid it down, and he hasn't struggled with wanting alcohol anymore. Yeah, Like, I'm not saying God can't take that, but I think also we have to have an understanding of what we're dealing with, and we mm-hmm. have to pursue the means given to us to fight it. For sure. Because alcoholism is a mental illness. It, it, it's something um, that is brought on by typically like depression or anxiety as a coping mechanism. And uh, it's, it's self-medication in, in a way. And, uh, and God took that from him. You know, God healed that wound. But there's other things that cause mental illness, too. Sometimes it's chemical imbalances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess how do we handle, like, I believe in the healing power of God. I know he can do it. But there's also a lot of people out there struggling that wishes he would just go ahead and do that, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? So how do we handle that? Like, what what's the balance there, in your opinion?
2: Man, honestly, I mean, and that's something I've struggled with, like, growing up in the church that I have or, like, listening to preachers that I have over the years, Uh it's really frustrating because, like I mentioned at the beginning, like you get the mantra of it's like, well, you know, if your faith was right, you'd be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you got all these tragedies and things happen in your life. And it's like, what's what have you got going on in your life? Like, is that because of wrongdoings or sin in your life that mm-hmm. God's causing you? Like, He's just trying to wake you up. And I was like, well, for me, basically, I want to sort of accumulate the best possible coping mechanisms and support group that I can mm-hmm. to help address this outside of of course I'm always going to pray for it I've prayed about my depression and emotional issues and like I've dealt with anxiety to a degree in different areas and like it hasn't been taken from me mm-hmm. like it makes things easier because yeah. like when you when you break down the barrier of okay I'm I'm speaking to this entity that I've never seen in my life To like, okay, this is someone that's actually there, and I can talk to, and I can rely on. It's like this is where I can find support. I mean, I ask honestly. I was like, just give give me support and give me give me people in my life that I can lean on Mm -hmm. and help me. Um, But man, okay, what was the original question? I'm sorry. Well, it's just like (laughs) I got a little lost. No, I
1: mean, I think it's. I don't think there's a specific answer to it, but it's just like, how do we address the fact that like. The Bible does say, like, by our faith we can be healed, mm-hmm. yet, like, I just, I don't agree with the notion. It's like, oh, well, you don't have enough faith. That's too, like, the word of faith and well, and the movement, you some know. Of, some of
0: the some of the people I know have the strongest faith but deal with anxiety and fear and depression, yeah. like, the worst and the hardest, and they're not living a life of sin. And so, like, how do you?
1: And I think a lot of times church would say, like, oh, well, that's just a spiritual attack because they're called to live to a higher standard. And, like, I get, like, I have had anxiety brought on where I'm just like, this is straight up just an attack on my life, and this is stupid. I understand it's stupid. That doesn't make it any less real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, I
2: get it's irrational. For sure, like... You're, you're processing through it, whether you're having an anxiety attack or you're going through a depressive episode that can last from a, like a few days to a few weeks and you're sitting there, it's like irrational thought is something that I've like really had issues with. Like my self-speech is awful because as soon as I get into an episode, I'm just like, hey, you know, you you really suck or you're, you're not good at what you're, you're doing in your jobs. Like you're never going to be able to provide for your future wife. Like, <laughs> like what are you yep. doing? And uh, like trying to have like... Um, I don't know. Have you ever, you know, uh, metacognition, you know what that is? Uh, partly. So metacognition is basically the idea of thinking about thinking. <laughs> so um, you have to be like metacognizant enough to be uh, mindful of mindful, what, yeah. what, what you're saying to yourself and you're like, okay, this is irrational. Like, you know, like I'm working hard, I'm doing the best that I absolutely can. And, That that's basically it. Like you have to find ways of sort of bringing your uh, track of mind back Mm, in line.
1: And I think that Christian circles would benefit so much from getting into the mindfulness movement. I think the mindfulness movement is a beautiful thing. I know a lot of like kind of maybe your old school Christianity looks at it as like, oh, that's just you know that's new age, new age, (laughs) creepy Buddhism crap. You know, like no man, like that's Jesus was holistic you know, like, sure, you know, like, I'll throw that out there. Jesus was holistic. How did he heal the man born blind? Well, he shoved mud in his eyes, you know, like, he's like, go get some mud out of that river and rub it all over your uh, eyes.
2: He was, a, he was a showman, man.
1: <laughs> and like, people a lot of times talk, about, like, I hear that and they're like, Jesus told him to do this thing and by his act of faith of doing it, he was healed. And I was thinking, like, what if Jesus had a deeper understanding that maybe there was like a bacterial infection this dude had in his eyes and that mud had like antimicrobial like, properties to it. Like, Jesus would have probably understood this Wait, stuff. Wait, so are right.
2: you saying Jesus didn't do miracles? Is that what he said? No.
1: <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> this saying, just in. <laughs> I'm saying doctors perform miracles, too. Science is a miracle. I'm not saying that there is, like, there are supernatural miracles, but what makes them supernatural is they're outside of our understanding of natural and we don't understand all of what natural is yet, and so we give it the label of supernatural. Yeah. At the time, antibiotics would have been supernatural. Healing people of yeah. leprosy is supernatural. Now it's natural. We know what causes leprosy for the most part. Like, you know, we know that there was hundreds of different skin ailments that were everything from mites to bacteria and fungus, you know, and, like, we understand how to treat those things, and we can do blood tests and all this kind of stuff. There's a lot of things we don't understand yet. We yeah. don't know how to cure cancer yet. We're coming closer. Some people would say we already know. I'm not trying to get into conspiracies here. <laughs> uh, no, but
0: you are. No.
1: Nah. <laughs> you d- love conspiracies. Oh, I man. should start a conspiracy We're going to go down
2: the rabbit hole. Here we go. Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, but, you know, but right now there's still a lot that's supernatural to us. Yeah. And God can heal those things. God can lead doctors to see things outside of their understanding. Mm-hmm. Whenever Elaine was in the hospital, they didn't know what was going on. But um my spiritual mentor, uh David, who came and prayed with us. Yes, his name is David. Um <clears throat> I know, super biblical, but uh he came and prayed with us and his prayer was give doctors a good night's sleep so they can have abnormal understanding when they wake. There's nothing that's a miracle, you know, like science can be used for the good of people and I think like there's a stigma with medication yeah you know like I've personally always been scared of medication um because I always felt like I was giving up but then I know a lot of people who take medicine for it Mm -hmm. and I think I don't know if medicine is the long-term answer but I think a lot of times mental illness is brought on by other things you know mental illness whether it be a chemical imbalance whether it be a tragedy um or just a, a false, maybe just a false understanding of truth, whatever that is. Yeah. I think in order to unravel that, sometimes you have to take the edge off, uh, because a lot of mental illness is you're digging a hole and you just keep digging. Hmm. Sometimes you got to kind of just put the shovel down and kind <laughs> of get an idea for what's going on. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, I think I'm in a similar boat to that because I've never gotten to a point where I really felt like I needed to. I get with a a psychiatrist and Mm -hmm. get medication. Like I've been able to manage things through coping mechanisms and like talk therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, Like it may get to that point at some point and uh, I'll reassess it. But uh, I don't know. You have to find what's best for you because I know a lot of people that benefit greatly by like SSRIs Mm -hmm. and uh, it helps them cope immensely to where like you go from not being able to get out of your bed and being unmotivated to even move, which – I've come close to that some days. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bad. You wake up, you hate life, you go to bed, you hate life and hope for a better day. And you mm-hmm. wake up, it's the same exact thing. Yep. But um, yeah, I think that's that's more on a one-to-one thing. But yeah. for sure, like there are things outside of medication that can absolutely help. I think uh, over-medicating is a major issue yeah. as well yeah. in mental Especially health. Especially
1: with things like ADHD and stuff like oh, that kids, yeah. man. Just like I was told, whenever I was in first grade, and I kind of feel like I grew up—I don't know—about four to five years ahead of the ADHD trend. You know, like it was just now starting to catch on. Whenever I was going through uh, grade school, and like the generation, I guess, like the the newer age, like not even millennials, whatever they are now the post-millennials or whatever yeah. crap like they are CC they really or yeah they yeah. really kind of got hit with that you know yeah uh because the ones that i was like youth pastoring were really hit with that like mm-hmm. all of them were like oh i was told i had adhd i'm like all of you have adhd yeah. apparently yeah like what you need to do is go run some laps and come in and you'll be great mm-hmm. like you need recess Oh, that's
2: like I, I have attention issues for sure. Yeah. Uh, I've as growing up, I've found ways of dealing with it, like most things. I can remember going through school, like I learning long division is like ingrained in my mind because <laughs> I would just sit there and I also have dyslexia, so that's fun. Mm-hmm. Um Everything starts switching on yeah, you. Yeah, dude. So you have, like, these huge columns of numbers, and I would just bawl my eyes out. Mm-hmm. And I was homeschooled. So, like, my mom is sitting there, doesn't know how to explain things better for me. She's like, just read the numbers. I'm like, I can't do it. <laughs> they're so, not even in um, order. <laughs> they're floating. So, yeah, like, when I turned 18, I started smoking cigarettes, and nicotine literally just, like, cleared my mind up so much, I would just sit down and do hours of homework. It was amazing. Um, I don't smoke anymore. But,
1: uh, we're not advocating, no, we we're not, not advocating
2: like tobacco use, but, uh, that, that is a positive side effect of nicotine because <laughs> my family, uh, that was another thing growing up. They, they didn't believe in ADHD. My dad's like, Oh, you just need a good butt whooping. And I'm like, okay, dad, <laughs> I guess I'll take this one.
1: Um, but so when I was in first grade, I would throw up every single morning oh my and I God. did it for an entire school year. Uh, <laughs> And I was I was homeschooled as well, but it was sixth through twelfth. Yeah. Uh. And but I went to a private school, um, a private Baptist school, super conservative school. Which yeah. don't get me wrong, I don't dislike the school or anything, but uh, wait,
2: what flavor of Baptist was it?
1: Uh, they were Southern Baptist, I believe. Okay, that's not as bad. I don't remember. Um, and so every morning I would throw up, and I had a uh, a teacher come, and her name was Miss Hell. Literally. Uh, she would Poor come, which is funny because when that's I got amazing. older, she was like the sweetest lady. How is it spelled? H A L E. I know. Hale. Yeah. Okay.
2: Hail. <laughs> oh, since we're in Arkansas, it's awesome. Yeah.
1: It. We all pronounce it as hell. I mean, come on. But yeah. Um, but she was actually a really nice woman. She was just like something about her terrified me as a child because yeah. she was very stern. Um, apparently, she got nicer because I have a friend who's a couple years older than I, and he had her as well, and she would literally slap him on the back of the neck with a ruler if they would pick their head up in nap time. But uh, she wasn't quite as stern with us, but it was still pretty rough, you know. And uh, I would throw up every single morning, and she came to my mom and said, you need to take him to the doctor because he has ADD. And my mom's like, okay. So she takes me to the doctor, and they look me over. I don't even remember this, to be honest. But apparently, like, so I went to the doctor And they did a test. I probably didn't know why I was at the doctor when I was, you know, in first grade or whatever. And the doctor told my mom, tell that teacher to take her ADD and shove it up her butt and quit being such an a-hole. Wow. And so my mom went in there and told her exactly that to the Christian teacher. And she got super offended. And then my mom said a few other choice words, too, because my mom (laughs) was pretty high strung. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, And basically said, if I ever hear from you again, we'll see to it that you don't teach. And, like, my mom was super strict about it. Like, my mom can be fire when she needs to be, you know. And man. and so, and that woman never gave me another problem, you know. I still threw up every morning. But she's <laughs> like, don't call me again. Let him throw up because he doesn't like you, and that's just how it's going to be. <laughs>
2: and, oh,
1: man. And so, uh, like, the whole, like, she wanted me put on medicine so she could deal with me better because yeah. she didn't know how to deal with the fact that she terrified me. Like, I was a timid kid, and she, yeah. you know absolutely scared the mess out
2: of me well i mean a lot of people like we were discussing like don't understand or how to deal with mental illness and then if you're dealing with a school you're having to deal with so many different personality Mm -hmm. types and different things and you're like dealing with kids and they're already rowdy and then you got one kid over there puking every day you're just like i don't want to deal with this (laughs) so i mean that makes sense (laughs) that sucks that's an unfortunate situation for everyone yeah
1: well and the worst part about that too is like you could have very easily had a misdiagnosis there and put off a like set in motion a long string of events because mm-hmm. if i would have been put on medicine for something i didn't have oh yeah um think of how that would have impacted me going into adulthood oh, where like the identity yeah. disorder and the and all that like i wouldn't have known who i was i would have had so much else going on but potentially yeah, so much else sure. going on in my life where there's no telling what else i would have struggled with mm-hmm. you know oh for sure um and, and so I want to go back to something else you were talking about and kind of like I commented and said Jesus is holistic. Yeah. Uh, You know, I completely believe in in meditation. Mm. I believe clearing your mind is essential. I believe um, Elaine struggled with allergies her whole life, like chronic allergies. Like mm-hmm. imagine like your worst cold ever. And that was her. Like
0: every season. Like
1: 24-7. Here. Whenever. Here. <laughs> like I would pick her up. From her dorm when we were dating, and she just looks like a puffy. mess, <laughs> yeah. red and puffy <laughs> like tissue after tissue. Like Kleenex, she kept Kleenex in business, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think he used puffs actually, but whatever, <laughs> they had lotion. Yeah. Um, and so, like, she started using uh, like essential, essential oils, oils. I like the timing on that yeah, no. <laughs> and uh, and like her allergies went away.
0: I, mean, I still have allergies, but... You also
1: quit using essential oils. Yeah, I know. A bunch of um,
0: But it's not, like, as bad as it was. Like, I can deal with it now. But as soon as I... I don't know what clicked, but as soon as I started taking essential oils... Uh, like,
2: taking essential oils? Yeah, like, like okay. in little
0: veggie caps. It was oh, wow. lavender, peppermint, and lemon, and, like, most of it went away.
2: Oh, my goodness. And you
1: no antihistamines or anything ever mm-hmm. helped her.
2: Have you tried homeopathic medicine yet? Mm-hmm. Oh, my
1: goodness. And, uh... <laughs> So, Sorry, no, you're gonna... <laughs> it's a Whole Foods thing. Just... <laughs> and we, um, with her kidney infections, uh, the doctor, he's the best uh, urologist, urologist yeah. in Arkansas, one of the best. I think he's in the top five urologists in the in the nation. Yeah, and um, and he gave her a a number to call for this kind of like holistic vitamin blend type place called Well Tracked, yeah. and it took care of her UTIs. She wow. stopped taking it, and then we ended up back in the hospital yeah. again.
0: So I have to start taking it again. Yeah.
1: But, I mean, it's 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 a natural thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Thinking about, like, probiotics and prebiotics, about how they can um, help regulate IBS and stuff like that. Because I've mm-hmm. struggled with IBS. Like, I've been diagnosed with IBS and, like, extreme stomach cramps and nausea and well, all that Well, that crap. and,
0: like, after taking all the antibiotics, I started drinking kombucha, and it, like, yeah. started helping my immune system
2: yeah. See, get like, better. <laughs> things like kombucha and probiotics and prebiotics, like, that stuff makes a lot more sense when it comes to, like, essential oils or, like I was saying, homeopathic medicine. Mm-hmm. Those things, like, it makes sense because we're talking about the mind, but essentially, especially with the homeopathic medicine, like, there's no active ingredients in it at all. Mm-hmm. And some people swear by it. Some people are like, this cured my cancer. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, uh, don't really buy into that. But it's really interesting because the selling point on it is essentially, like, you guys know uh, what a placebo is, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay, so, like, there's countless studies talking about like there is pain medication given to like tragic um, injury cases in the ER and like they give them placebo and it's like it gives the same effect or greater than morphine Mm -hmm. and it's just the power of the mind. Like our minds are incredible in the things that they can do. They can heal us. They can convince us of horrible things that have never Mm -hmm. existed. Yep. And I think that's really the key of it. And I don't know where I really stand on it. (laughs) <laughs> but I know it works for some people mm-hmm. and that's fine. I mean, I just find it fascinating more so than anything, but
1: well, I think that's kind of what Jesus was saying whenever he said, uh, you know, like heal the sick, cleanse the leper, cast out demons. Like God made us in his image and we have the ability, like our minds are capable of healing or, or killing ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it was kind of like the story of my uncle that I told on our last podcast of He laid in bed thinking he was dying for two years and ended up causing his body just to stop. Yeah. Uh, Because he convinced himself he was dying. You know, I'm not sitting here saying like you're speaking cancer into your body, but I think if you worry about it enough, you're having something happen. And that's what stress can do. If you stress
0: about things like you start internally, your body, like your immune system is shot, like different things. It causes inflammation. I was about
1: to say, I went to the doctor and had my upper scope done because of my anxiety. I cause inflammation. Yeah. Uh, Also, getting married causes a lot
0: of anxiety. Yes. Tbh.
1: (laughs)
2: Praise. Uh, You know, I
1: was having chronic headaches where I was throwing up for two days and I couldn't get out of bed, Mm -hmm. and I went in to see like a doctor and he looks at me and he goes, "That was my neck cracking," and he says,
2: "Uh, does your shoulder ever hurt?" Oh no. Uh,
1: He's like, "Does your shoulder ever hurt?" And I was like, "All the time." And he's like, Huh. He's like are you stressed? And I was like you know, no. I, think I, I think I am. <laughs> he's like what have you done this year different? And I'm like well we took on our family's business, I'm getting married, we built a house. He's like you're stressed. You need to calm down. <laughs> he's like dude, wow. seriously, take some time and just just calm down. And he's like I'm not just trying to tell you that like oh take it chill. He's like get alone. Sit down. Pop your neck. Do some yoga. Calm down. Because you are causing yourself tension headaches to the point of it making you bedridden. He's like, I went through this with my son too. He said, whenever I was your age, I had the same thing happen. Mm -hmm. He said, it's 20s are a stressful time, big life changes. He's like, take a minute and just do some breathing exercises and calm down. Yeah. Because you are causing yourself Mm -hmm.
2: all of these actual real world problems because of the power of the mind. Yeah. And uh, like you were talking about, just... uh, things in your environment causing things or things you do directly like affecting it. Like with my depression, like I know it's there and like, I'll have episodes that'll come up, but during my, what was it? Junior year, junior year, sophomore year, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. Um, I worked full time. I was very busy. I was leading worship for campus ministry. Mm -hmm. Uh, my fiance was in a different town, so I was traveling back and forth. I had to go home and see family. Uh, My grandpa was really sick at that time. Like, there was a lot going on. And for a semester, I would stay up at least twice a week. I would stay up for about 52 hours straight. Wow. I would get off work. I I mean, because I had class every day. And I would Mm -hmm. go to class. And I would work all night, get off around 1030 or so. And as soon as I got off, I'd get to my apartment. And this is where, like, causing things to worsen. Because I knew doing this, I would have depressive episodes and because I wasn't sleeping and that was one of the main things that was affecting me I wasn't physically active I gained a lot of weight but on top of that I I had figured out a nice ratio to where I would drink enough alcohol during the evening to where I would have a decent enough buzz to where I wouldn't hate myself Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't fall asleep and I could concentrate and do my homework and I would do homework all night wow and then Eight nine hours later, I would take a shower, and start my day over. Jeez, I did that twice a week. That's Man. crazy. Yeah, no, it was it was awful.
1: I bet that took a big toll on you mentally for sure.
2: Oh, dude, uh, one of my <laughs> one of my favorite stories to share is one night. And this is this is probably my scariest. <laughs> Like, outside of the anxiety attack I had a couple years ago, because that was terrifying. I had yep. never had one before, and I felt like my lungs were about to collapse. You had to rip like... your shirt off because you feel like
1: you're choking. Literally. No, I basically
2: just fell over on my knees in a parking lot, and I had no wow. idea what was going on. <laughs> it was awful. I understand. I understand. Yeah, but uh, one night I was doing this. It was probably 3 or 4 in the morning, so, like, my fiance's asleep. I'm not talking to anyone. I'm writing a paper or 6. I don't know. <laughs> and um, I'm sitting there, and I had this routine where, like, every f- 5 to 10 minutes – I don't, Like I had this compulsion that I needed to go in the bathroom and I would stare at myself in the mirror and I wouldn't necessarily say anything vocally, but I would be talking to myself the entire time. Mm-hmm. I was like, why are you doing this to yourself? Like, this is so stupid. Like you're failing. You're never going to finish school. Like, what's your problem? It's like, you're still drinking. This is stupid. And then all of a sudden I would look at myself in the mirror and I saw, <laughs> it's so funny to think about now. I saw every bit of flesh on my face melt off. Oh my gosh. And it was just my skull and i was just like i started freaking out like i was breathing really fast and then i blinked and it was back and i was like that's insane so i went back and that happened like three or four other times that night and i would go in there and i'm like i'm not going to the bathroom anymore yeah. like i cannot handle seeing that and it's the it's crazy to describe it i just saw it fall off mm-hmm. and i'm just like what in the world um I'm pr- i think that was the last like 52 hour like conscious yeah. state i did uh because yeah I was to just, me, I that was just that was insane that's it i'm done yeah
1: oh man so let's try to figure this out real quick then i don't know you can't really do this real quick but <laughs> in good. the last you know 10 minutes or so of this episode let's try to figure this out if you have faith mm-hmm. okay and like mental illness there is a spiritual side of it mm-hmm. there is an attack there is uh you know, the battlefield of the mind. Um, you know, Joyce Meyer's wrote a freaking. I read it. Like, you know, three inch thick book on it. Yeah. Um, Joyce Meyer. Meyer. I'm sorry. Southerners. You want say Meyer's
0: or Kroger's? Uh, there's there's a always an <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anyway. Meyer. Pardon my Southern. Um, and, uh, Anyway, so she wrote, like, a whole, you know, huge book on it. Like, yeah. there is the truth. Like, it's biblical. Like, it says it in Timothy, God didn't give us a spirit of fear but a power of love and a sound mind. It says it in, in Matthew where it, uh, it talks about, you know, uh, why do you worry about tomorrow for tomorrow worry about itself? Each day has enough trouble of its own, you know, uh, cast your anxieties off, that kind of thing. So, it, it, obviously, there's a spiritual side of it. But, obviously, there's a a... A, a physical side of it, and and then there's even a biological side. You know, there's Emotional all the different... side to it. Yeah, there's so many yeah. facets to this. And so we understand, like, holistic therapy is, is... There's a good thing to that. There's good for mindfulness. There's a place for medication. There's a place for prayer. Hmm. How do we balance those things, and how do we, as a church, in, in your opinion, um, quit feeling like failures in our faith because you know we're under attack spiritually or maybe it's just a a personal thing because i think sometimes we're our own worst enemy too you know like sometimes we're doing the devil's work for him so like what is the balance there because if the bible says heal people because of faith but we're not healed like that kind of makes you feel like crap you know yeah
2: well i mean it's like you're talking about it being holistic i think the issue with the church is they try to like attack it from one avenue rather okay. rather than like looking at it as a whole thing. Like a That's big good. thing in social work, like I mentioned earlier, is the person and environment. So we're not just looking at the person. We're not just looking at what they uh, diagnose themselves like with their own symptoms. We're looking at it's like, cool, so like do you have a job? Are you physically active? Are you Do you have a good support system at home? Like what does all this stuff look at and wh- how does that lead up to what's going on? So I think the big issue with the church is they're just like, well – like, are you active in your church? Mm-hmm. are you are you praying enough? Um cool. Then just keep doing that., yeah. <laughs> and i think I think that's a big issue. I think uh, there is a extremely awful stigma in the church against uh, seeing what some would consider secular therapists mm-hmm. um or, like, no one in the church because— mean
1: educated people.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, because a lot of times, like, even if they go beyond, like, praying and being active in the church, they'll be like, okay, cool, come talk to the pastor. Well, does the pastor have any training in, yeah. like, mental health? Does he know right. how to counsel people through depression, anxiety, PTSD, anything like that? Probably not. Not many do. Well, mm-hmm. and I,
1: can I put in real quick? No, go for it. It's kind of like uh, when you say that about pastors. Mm-hmm. Pastors are trained to understand the Bible. That is their training, and that's what they're supposed to be eloquent in. Yeah. The problem is when you're dealing with mental health, uh, it's like building a box around you, and sometimes you have to tear down the walls to get to the root of the problem. And even yeah. if it is a spiritual problem at the root that they're dealing with, there's so many other things that have been weaved in that pastors
2: aren't trained to deal yeah. with. No, you know, It's not.
1: just beyond their training level.
2: Go yeah, ahead. and that, that's nothing against them at all. Um, they're just ill-equipped. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's partially on some people in the environment they're in and in church because some people look at the, like they put their pastors on a pedestal. They're mm-hmm. like, they are the uh, end all be all of everything. Yeah. If the pastor doesn't have an answer for this or he does have an answer for this, it's like, that's the law. Like, that's mm-hmm. what it is. So um, I think for one, for people in the church, like they need to sort of chill out and not like make their pastor a God Yeah, um, yeah. and understand that there there are things that are out there that can help them um one big thing for me i was like working out is huge yeah uh, that is my number one coping mechanism completely oh my god yeah endorphins out the wazoo it mm-hmm. feels amazing mm-hmm. and like self like if you struggle with self-image boom you know do yeah. something about it don't yeah. just sit there and cry do something i and um and i know that's easier said than done and some certain i'm not trying to be insensitive but uh no i think again The fact that they're going at it from only one avenue is a major issue. I think the stigma of, like, seeking therapy is major. I think the issue of not even acknowledging mental illness is a huge Mm -hmm. issue, Um, and I think there just needs to be a fundamental understanding that these things... I mean, it seems so stupid to say, at least from my perspective, it's like, these things exist, right? okay? And, like, we shouldn't even have a discussion to say these things exist, because duh i'm like how many right. people in an average conversation uh congregation of 500 people struggle with it, some sort of mental illness like one or in six
1: right yeah. one in six people struggle with mental illness it's of some
2: kind. insane and no one wants to talk about it yeah. because people talk about oh i broke my leg or i have this like <laughs> kidney infection mm-hmm. or something but you're like oh i struggle with depression yep and then everyone's, and like, everyone's <gasps> like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like are you okay yeah, you know, I just think about dying, like, a lot.
1: Well, and you were, what was the story about the guy from Under Oath you were going to say? Oh,
0: yeah, um, we were listening to the Don't Feed the Trolls podcast. Yes. And um, I think they were interviewing, were they interviewing? They were interviewing, inter- interviewing. Yeah. yeah. They were interviewing Under Oath, and he was saying how they were at a church, and he was talking between songs and was like, I'm really effed up in the head. Well, everyone from the church afterwards was like, don't cuss. Like, why are you saying that or whatever? And they completely ignored the fact, like, he was struggling with depression and suicide, wanting to kill himself. they were like, hey, Christians, don't cuss. Don't do that. Yeah, exactly. And I was just like, how does that help anybody? That makes it worse. Oh, yeah. Like, okay. The
2: emphasis is completely taken off of what it should be. Exactly. And, like, cursing's its own thing. And I have my own opinions about that. But... Yeah, no, it, it, it's so frustrating because we have all these like wonderful legalistic rules. And it's like okay, like you have to follow all these to a T, and then possibly, maybe if I feel like it, we can address these other things. Mm-hmm. Out the hierarchy
1: here. of sin. Yeah. Oh God.
2: <laughs> yeah, that uh, I can talk about that for days. Just
1: <laughs> ignore the fact that God said it's all equal in His eyes, and you know. Yeah. And I think it's important to remember too, like if you're going to war, mm-hmm. like in a literal sense, if you're going to war. Typically, you don't just bring one soldier to fight the battle, you know? There's yeah. a lot of different methods and tactics and fights to fight within the war. And I think we dismiss mental illness of, oh, well, you just need to pray more. You just mm-hmm. need to do these one or two key things. Yeah. But there's a lot of battles to face. There is the battle of, yeah, maybe you need to work out more. There's the battle of maybe you need to see a, a therapist mm-hmm. or a doctor or a pastor.
2: So I think you, you're really on to something looking at it from, like, multiple angles. I think... Um do you guys ever listen to either Bad Christian or uh, Pastor with No Answers at all?
1: Uh, I haven't. I listened to a couple Bad Christian. Um, I have. I've not given it the time yet because yeah. I get behind on the ones I have currently. Yeah. Um. And I have yet to die. I actually just recently heard about Pastor with No Answers, yeah. and so mm-hmm. it's one I was wanted to check out.
2: Okay, so Pastor with No Answers is basically Joey Spencer, the pastor that's on there. Um. And he's very transparent about his struggles with mental illness. And recently, like, he's in a season of his life right now that he's saying, he's like, man, I am the happiest I have ever been. Like, everything is good. It was like, obviously, like, there's day-to-day struggles, whatever. But mentally, like, he's in a good headspace. Mm-hmm. And he was talking a few weeks back about how he's not sure exactly what part in his life is, like, contributing the most to everything being great. But he's like, I'm going to therapy, I'm on new medication, everything's good, I'm trying new supplements for my uh, whatever, and he's being physically active. And he said, my thing is, it's like, I don't care what it is, but if this is something that's so important in your life, and this can be like universalized to anything in your life, if there's something that you want to change and affect and improve on, it's like, take every avenue you possibly can yeah. to do that.
1: Right, I mean, it's just like, thinking of it going back to what you were saying of how you know, broken leg or whatever. I was having extreme sciatica pain, like to the point of I couldn't get out of bed. Um, like, I don't know, I said that about my headaches too. I just, it's the same about my back pain. You know, like, uh, Elaine seen me literally crying because it hurt so bad and I would just like hobble and barely be able to move until like I worked it out enough to be able to walk. And uh, I was taking pain medicine for it, you know, just kind of some minor stuff because I, um my family has a big addiction issue with uh pain medicine in the past so i didn't really want to get in anything too strong you know so i went and saw a massage therapist uh the same person that gave you lane the essential-, essential oils yeah. yeah and uh and she goes in there and she's asking me like some different questions she's feeling around on my back she's like man you got some big knots back here and she looks at me and she says you have ever carry a wallet in your back pocket and i said yeah and she's like is it on your back left pocket by chance i said Yeah, you know, and she's like, stop, (laughs) just stop. She's like, you're sitting like on your side all the Mm -hmm. time. No wonder you have sciatic issue pain. You're sitting on your sciatic nerve crooked all day, every day when you're driving, when you're working, anytime you're sitting down in a chair, you're sitting crooked. And so she like showed me some ways to work out the knots in my back, um, just with some pressure point relief and some stretches. Mm -hmm. And I quit carrying the wallet there within 2 weeks I haven't had sciatic pain since. Wow. And that's I struggled last with that. Summer. I struggled with that from the ages of 16 to 23.
2: I might actually need to look into that. <laughs> if I'm gonna be real honest.
1: Man, it's great. I, yeah, I got the
2: hookup for you, but <laughs> I'll just uh, take that out right. Now. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's about what mine was.
1: And now I just carry one of those little bands that like hold all your cards, mm, you yeah. know. And I'm like, wow, I didn't need half the crap that was in this wallet to yeah. begin with. But it's just there's so many little things we can do. But Mm -hmm. it's a joint effort, and like you said, approaching all those avenues makes so much sense. Like, if you're truly struggling with something, if one thing isn't working, like, I'm not saying, like, go out and start doing hardcore drugs to cover up or drink alcohol to Mm -hmm. cover up, but there are so many things that are available to us that I I believe God put available to us, you know? If you think about mindfulness, it's in the Bible. We didn't call it mindfulness in the Bible, but it's in the Bible. God talks about meditating on His Word daily, you know? Meditate means to sit and ponder quietly, Mm -hmm. you know, to be still and to ponder. You know, we think meditate means read your Bible. No, it doesn't. That's not what meditate means at all. You know, there are people out there who are trained, who go to school for both of you actually in this room. I'm the oddball out. Both of you went to school to try to help people because you Mm -hmm. realize, you both realize that there is an issue out there and you want to help people. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it would be very good for any church that can afford it to have a licensed psychologist in there or, or some kind of mental health, mm-hmm. you know, oh, sure. professional that they can send people to that it's so much more than just like, Well, have you tried praying? Well, yeah. I don't know, have mm-hmm. I? I've been yeah. in church since I was four, you know. Yeah. Like that's just it's needed. Oh, for sure. Well, you have any closing? Comments you want
2: to make? I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll like a it. few a few bullet point thoughts. Um, if you are in leadership or have any authority in a church, and you have ever said the words uh, "pray about it" or uh, <laughs> "mental illness does not exist," stop it. Yes, uh, that sucks. You're a loser for it. Sort of. Repent. Um, yeah, repent. You need to, you need to pray about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see number two uh if you've gone through any type of mental illness yourself make yourself available to talk to people if you're comfortable with that so uh one of, one of the my favorite quotes i've ever heard and it said be the person that you needed as a kid
1: mm-hmm. yeah that's so good so true
2: um beyond that i'd say find healthy coping mechanisms man and don't free. If you already have anxiety, stay off WebMD and yes, don't Google every symptom you have. <laughs> yes. Man, that is me. Because <laughs> that's you not going that this,
1: this mosquito bite could be cancer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I have malaria. Gone. <laughs> oh, God. No, yeah. Just uh, like know yourself and try to be mindful. And man, just be under, like if you yourself are experiencing things, be understanding that not everyone you talk to. For one, not everyone cares, and that's yeah. unfortunate, yeah, but that's sure. just life. So don't self-deprecate too much and be understanding and give people the opportunity to listen and help you through what's going on because, yeah. like, beyond anything else, let's normalize that this does exist and people struggle with this, and it's hard to talk about. Yeah. But it needs to be talked about because yeah. if you just ignore it, then nothing's going to work itself out. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And to throw something biblical out there, you know. Jesus didn't ask for you to tear the walls down he just asked for you to open the door
2: yeah you know? uh, second popular, bear each other's burdens there you uh, go there you go uh
1: guys one more thing real quick if you are struggling with something and you want someone to talk to or maybe need some help getting led in a right direction please hit us up yes you know all the details to find us are below you can find uh anywhere to find us. You can find where to find Robert. We're going to link to his social mm-hmm. stuff oh, too. Yeah. Uh, you want to say where you're, you can find your uh,
2: Honestly, my name is just, it's Robert Gear, like Richard Gear, G-E-R-E. Just look me up. I'm more than willing to talk to anybody. I'm really busy, but like we can have a really cool casual dialogue. It's no big deal. Yep.
1: And, and same here, guys. <laughs> if you just want to shoot us a message, there's like way too many ways to find us on social media mm-hmm. and, uh. Guys, we're going to get back to you, and we're going to try to get you connected with the right people to help your specific circumstance. Because I understand we cannot help every circumstance. We may not understand what you're going through, but someone out there does. Yeah. And we may not be able to understand, but we can at least try to relate. Yeah. Go for it.
2: One last thing. It's like, And if you're struggling with anything and you don't know if you can go talk to anyone because you don't want to be labeled as anything, there's no shame in therapy. Every single person in the world needs therapy Absolutely. for something. That's not saying everyone is broken. That's not saying that there's something like detrimentally wrong with everyone. Everyone needs someone. Everyone needs someone they can talk to. Yes. Absolutely. And don't be afraid to reach out.
1: Yes. And if you are afraid to reach out, realize that there are so many people out there who don't judge you for what you're going through even if you've been judged before guys thank you for taking the time to hang out with us robert thank you for taking the time to to drive up into you know middle of podunk arkansas (laughs) and record guys you know where to find us please reach out if you need us we love you guys be brave
0: be bold
2: be reckless we'll We'll talk talk soon
0: (laughs)
1: This week's episode is brought to you by Cedar Temple Trade Company. Cedar Temple is an apparel and home goods line on a mission to bring curiosity back to the Word of Christ with fresh, modern designs. They desire to not just spread the Word, but to look good doing it. Their shirts are some of the most comfortable tees you could wear, and they're constantly adding new products and designs to the mix. Oh, and did I mention that Cedar Temple is actually Elaine's and my very own brand? Yeah, that's right. When you order from Cedar Temple... You're helping Elaine and I do what we love and continue in our very own reckless pursuit.
0: Because we are so thankful for all of you who take the time to listen to our show, Cedar Temple is offering a 20% discount on any single item you purchase. Head over to cedartemple.com and use offer code TRPPODCAST in all caps at checkout. That's T-R-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, all caps, at cedartemple.com. Now, go inspire!
1: And it's weird because in a way,
2: I can't. <laughs> You're good, man.
1: Do you even have a brother?
2: No, <laughs> never. Well, I guess I do now. I'm about to have a brother. Yeah, right. yeah Sydney's little brother.
1: Uh, well, <sighs> well, that's not <laughs> prophetic. No, 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 no. <laughs> Just declare that. No, no, no. Oh, oh man. God. Yeah, I got a blooper reel now.